This is the Old Trailblazer broadcast. This is Pastor Albert Pendarvis, the Old Trailblazer, riding out again on old Dan. Come on, Dan, you're kind of slow, dragging around at this time. Maybe we maybe we need to take a break. That's what we're going to do next week, take a few days off. So we're making these messages so we can send them out to the radio station so you and I can take a few days off, and we'll turn you out on the grass for a few days. But I want to continue our study at this time on divine healing is not in the atonement. Divine healing is not in the atonement. Someone has asked, isn't divine healing in the Great Commission? Isn't it divine? Isn't it, isn't divine healing in the Great Commission, Pastor? If it's in the Great Commission, therefore it would be in the atonement. So I said, let's read the Great Commission. There, found there in Mark 16, 15. Got your Bible there close? I wish you would. Keep it there by your Jim's Corner, wherever you hear the message. Let's read Mark 16, 15. Now, this is what's known as a, as a great commission. And he said unto them, Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. And he, he that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. But he that believeth not shall be damned. Now, that's a great commission. Oh, listen, listen. Then they'll ask, doesn't the 18th verse say, They shall lay hands on the sick? And they shall recover, yes, but that's not in the Great Commission. Oh, he said, I th- you think it was. If you'll read the 17th verse, you'll see that it said, And these signs shall follow them that believe. The Great Commission is to go into all the world and preach the gospel in, in the, under every creature. Now, that's what the motive and aim of the Old Trailblazer broadcast, radio missions, First Baptist Church of Algiers, all of the lifespan of our late pastor, L.R. Shelton, all of his motives was nothing but to preach the gospel. You said uh, most preachers stand out now to make a name. No, Pastor Shelton never started out, never finished up making a name. He died of a broken heart. He died penniless. He had nothing. And he went about preaching the gospel to every creature, everywhere he could find a few fellas standing around, put up an old tent, or there in the tabernacle, there in the chapels that we have, mission places. He was always preaching the gospel, preaching the gospel. Many folks didn't know. Paul Trailblazer, I lived up close to him, and I knew what his financial status was. And many times, two or three of the brethren and I would go together and buy him a suit. Back there, but not long before he died, we'd get him a suit of clothes. And he said, now, look, look, don't spend over $100 for a suit. Oh, my friend, listen, that's the kind of fellow he was. Many of you don't know anything about him, but I do. I had the privilege of knowing him for many, many years. And he was always uh, pauperizing himself in order to get out the gospel, in order to get out the gospel. And that's what I wish some of you folks would do, was to cut back on the foolishness of things that you're buying and spending, especially you young people. And some of you old people now coming down to the end of life, and you've got a nest egg back there big as a goose egg, and you think you're going to need that to get buried on. Go out there and pay up your funeral bill. Go up there and buy you a plot and pay for your funeral, and then turn the rest of that money in. Uh, my friend, you get enough every month to live off of what you want to keep all that money for. And, and send it here. And we'll, we'll expand the radio broadcast. We'll expand the Trailblazer. We'll expand the Voice of Truth broadcast. We'll, get a, we'll put out more booklets. We'll get, my friend, I'm telling you what, the Lord wants us to go ye into all the world and preach the gospel. That's a, that's a, great, that's a great commission. Now, now, let's get back to our study. But we find here, we point out to these individuals that complain, you show them that if healing the sick is in the Great Commission, then casting out devils is in the Great Commission. Speaking in tongues is in the Great Commission, if that's true. 
taking up serpents, and drinking deadly poison. He said, that's right. Oh, my friend, that individual that was questioned. So we went on to show that if divine healing is in the atonement, because it is claimed to be in the Great Commission, then the casting out devils is in the atonement. If Christ became sickness for us, then he became a devil for us. Speaking in tongues is not in the atonement. Taking up serpents is not in the atonement. And those drinking deadly part, my friend, my, my, my. He said, I'm a fool. Well, listen, do you see that thing? I see how foolish it is. I've never seen it before. Now, this is an individual that questioned. I would hear folks quote the Great Commission and then say that they laid their hand on the sick and he healed them. And I've never gotten my Bible and read it. And I thought it was all there. If healing is in the atonement, then casting out devils is in the atonement. Drinking poison is in the atonement. Taking up serpents is in the atonement. Speaking in the new tongues is in the atonement. But listen, how foolish. How foolish. Oh, thank the Lord for opening for eyes, one here and one there. And that's my prayer, that because of these studies that we bring, and just simple, plain studies, I've told you many, many times before, Pastor Shelton was a great teacher and Bible student, and he put a lot of this stuff in print, a lot of these booklets and messages in print, and I go there because I'm not a, I'm not a theologian. I'm not a student of the Bible. I'm just a poor old sinner saved by grace. And I take Pastor Shelton's messages, glean from them, glean those studies, glean those scriptures, glean from them, and oftentimes quote them verbatim. But my friend, oh, listen, listen, radio friends, with the average individual, if divine healing is in the atonement, casting out devils is in the atonement, speaking in tongue and taking up serpents, drinking deadly poison, you have no right in the world to take a scripture out of its setting and apply it in such a manner because you can see where it will lead to. And I praise the Lord that hundreds and hundreds have written saying, Pastor, my eyes are being opened to the false teaching of divine healing. Do you see how foolish it is to say that divine healing is in the atonement? Now, let's go a step further while we still have time. If divine healing were in the atonement, all of our sicknesses and pains and ailments and infirmities were atoned for on the cross in the death of Christ, then we, by faith in that atonement, could reach perfection of our bodies while in this life and come to have glorified bodies while we live because the moment a sinner is saved by faith in Christ, he becomes a new creature in Christ, according to 2 Corinthians 5.17. It's saved and saved forever. His salvation is eternal because he's born again of the Holy Spirit. If that is true of the soul, that would be true of the body. If healing were in the atonement, and the believer would never die. Did you get that? Did you pick that up? Pick up on that? If all of this were true, if the bodily healing was in the atonement, the believer would never die. Now, our diseases are not in the atonement, but our new bodies, which God will give us at the resurrection, are in the atonement, according to Romans 8.23. And not only they, but ourselves also, which have the first fruits of the Spirit, even we ourselves groan within ourselves, waiting for the adoption to wit, the redemption of our body. This scripture here alone disproves universal healing. These bodies in which we live will decay and go back to the dust. My friend, I've conducted funerals all over America, and I see those bodies lying in those coffins. Hardly ever do I miss putting my hand on the brow, on the forehead of that individual, and it's just as cold as ice, just as, just as stiff as a board, no life there. My friend, 
Why can't we understand that, that the spirit has gone, the soul has gone from that body, and all we do now is put that body in the grave, get it out of our sight, and if it's saved, if it's an individual who knows the Lord, won't be long before that body will be raised uh, from the dead. And uh, you say, well, I don't believe in that. Well, the scripture says that the, the shout, when the trumpet blows, the shout of God, and the dead in Christ shall raise first, shall rise first. Let me, let me give you this illustration. I was down in New Orleans a few days ago uh, conducting the funeral of one of our gracious old friends, a lady that was here for many years, went on to be with the Lord. And I looked around over the cemeteries where Pastor Shelton's first wife was buried and many of our friends are buried there in a great old cemetery. And I walk around looking around at headstones and looking at those things. But I, I just rem- remind you, uh, one of these days I'll be there uh, conducting a funeral, I believe, on a bright, shiny morning. And uh, just like when I was there last week, backhoes all over that cemetery. Must be a thousand, two or three thousand graves there. Two or three backhoes digging graves. And I believe I'll be there and those backhoes will be digging. And that shout will come. And those graves will be open. Many of those graves have those big old headstones. And those graves come open. That dirt go to flying out of there. And those headstones will keel over. And those backhoe operators will see that phenomena. Because most of those folks are spooky anyhow. And uh, they'll head for the bushes. They won't know what's happening. They won't know what's happening. Every grave in there that holds a, resurre- uh, a born-again believer will come open. The Lord didn't have to do that. He could have just brought the body forth. But he does. He says the graves will be open. And then we who are alive, if I'm there conducting a funeral, I won't come home. I'll go to be with the Lord. To meet the Lord in the air. Won't that be a great time? Won't that be? Do you look forward to that time, my friend? I do. I do. Well, I'm just going to wait. I'm not going to. No, no. That's the reason I mentioned in an in a earlier study uh, about holding on, holding on to our, the money, holding on to those things. Because, my friend, you can't take it with you. I heard an old comedian one night talking about it, that uh, if you could take it with you, your arm would be so stiff you couldn't get it out of your pocket. Oh, my friend, listen, I'm telling you, the Bible says lay not up treasures where the moth and rust and all those things, but lay up your treasures in heaven. And I know I'm getting off of my subject, but I'm telling you, I'm making a plea for folks to help me with this broadcast. Some of you have slacked off on your giving. Maybe it's because of something I said that offended you. My friend, don't do that. Don't take offense at the gospel. Oh, listen, and, uh, and then others are not aware that we need your help. I'm, I'm asking the Lord to move your heart to help us with the broadcast. We want to go on a bunch of new stations here not long on the old trailblazer and uh, help us with that broadcast. And i tell you what you do. If you ask the Lord, Lord, you ray on my heart what to do. And then i tell some of you folks up there, uh, go out in the backyard and dig up that old coffee can and get me $100 and send it to me. Why do I say that? Because back when I was a child, folks used to bury their money in the backyard in a can or a fruit jar. And, uh, and they'd have to go hunt it and find it. But now, you dig it up and send me. One man sent me a Folgers coffee can with a $20 bill in it. And he said, Trailblazer, that's all I had on hand at the time. I'll send you more later. But I appreciated it. I did. And uh, he took me at my word. So you, you pray about it and ask the Lord. And uh, many of you have been doing that for a long time, helping us with the broadcast. And uh, just, just see if you can increase it a little bit. Things in radio station going up a little bit. And uh, if you would, 
uh, write me and tell me that you appreciate it. You may not be able to send a dime. That's okay. That's all right. The Lord supplies the needs day in and day out like I have never understood why that he would take a poor old crooked thing like me and get out the gospel and folks' heart be, hearts be uh, blessed and, and uh, the word go forth and under mighty power and, and do its work, do the Holy Spirit does its work. The Lord uses the word. We are awakened to our lost condition by the word, hearing the word preached and the Holy Spirit taking it and and digging it into your heart like a barbed arrow. You can't pull it out. And I praise the Lord for that. And uh, But yet, many folks won't have it. I ask you to pray for the lost. Pray for our lost loved ones, our families, our children, our loved ones. And I have the responsibility for folks all over America who write me and tell me that they're not lost. They're on my heart. Day in and day out. So wish you'd help me. Help me with your prayers. Help me with your pocketbook, if you would. And uh, say, say, Trailblazer, I just want to help you. I heard you. Seemed like you was hurting. And I am hurting. Hurting for your soul. Oh, my friend, I praise the Lord for the, for every blessing that's been ours. And would you do that? Would you write me and tell me you're praying for me? Remember, my mailing address is the old Trailblazer. Post Office Box 1810, Walker, Louisiana, 70785. And my website radiomissions.org and then my email address pastor at radiomissions.org that's all one word pastor at radiomission and uh, if you would I appreciate it goodbye and God bless you